This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a breakfast podcast. Listen live every Saturday morning from 7 on Australia's only gay and lesbian community radio station, Joy 94.9. You're listening to Breakfast on Joy 94.9 and this morning we welcome back to the studio's best-selling author of 14 books, Nick Earls. Good morning, Nick. Hi, Beck. It's great to see you again. You too. So your latest book, The Fix, has been released this month. What can we expect? What we can expect is a character who feels a lot like my characters as a central character, but this time I've plunged him into a bigger story, more of a story, a story that involves a kind of crime and a sort of mystery that he has to solve. So it's, yeah, one of my characters kind of turned amateur PI. <laughs> yeah, I wondered that. Do you think you've always had a mystery in you? <laughs> Look, I'd like to think that. I'd like to think there's, there's something mysterious about me, but really I'm not sure that that's the case. But but in the case of this story, it, it just kind of came upon me and I realised that as I was developing the story of, of Josh, the central character, and Ben, the guy who had once been his friend and they were working together, I thought this is going to be much more interesting if it's not how it looks on the surface. And I realised it was a lot about surfaces and what lies beneath. And the more I looked at it, the more interesting I thought it could be for me and hopefully readers. And a whole lot of stuff came up and I then had to kind of bury that in the story and send Josh off to find it. So where did the idea for the novel come from? Oh, that was a long time ago. It was about eight years ago. And I actually found the piece of paper recently. I'm big on pieces of paper because <laughs> my brain doesn't work as a, as a storage and retrieval system as well as I'd like. So I, I write everything down. And there were lots of pieces of paper behind the fix. But on the first one, I've made a note about maybe writing about a character who leads a kind of private life doing a non-public job. But the biggest thing in his past and the biggest thing in his present that he would like to be private are actually very public. I thought one of them, the thing in his past, that's going to be his dodgy businessman father who's been through the courts and is quite infamous. Uh, and the one in the present is going to be his involvement in a siege for which he's winning a bravery medal. So I thought, how am I going to write that character? How am I going to get into that character's head? How's that person going to be a narrator for me? And about a year passed and other ideas came along, but I didn't solve that problem. And then I thought, maybe that's not the person who's telling the story. Maybe I have another character who is observing this character for us and that lets this character remain a bit slippery and enigmatic and maybe slightly charming but maybe hard to get to know. And, uh, and so then I came up with Josh who was there with Ben and then I thought what's the relationship between them and realised I wanted them to have a relationship in the past that had gone wrong and for some reason they had to come back together in the present and try to make something work. And that got me a lot of interesting stuff to work with. Mm. The role that Josh has being the fixer, I like one of the terms you've used, which is perception management. Have mm. you had any first-hand experience with perception management? Well, I guess it's it's something that I go through to a, to a small extent any time I put a book out. I don't put a book out and begin it with a crisis uh, that is splashed all over the media. And I noticed actually on the back of the fix, 
there's a quote uh, that says, a quote from the Sydney Morning Herald that says, a genuinely talented writer. And I realise we've been spinning things slightly with that. It, it's true. The Sydney Morning Herald did say that. They didn't say it about this book yet because, of course, the book didn't exist when they said that. They said it in 1998 about Bachelor Kisses. Um, but the, the, the person actually said, Bachelor Kisses is a beautifully written book by a genuinely talented writer, which we've put on the copy on, on every edition of Bachelor Kisses since it was said, partly because it's a great quote but partly because the reviewer hated the book in most respects and yet really liked the writing. The book practically made her vomit. She hated so much. But at the end, she had to go, bah humbug, Bachelor Kisses is a beautifully written book by a genuinely talented writer. I hope he gets a new subject soon. That was the full paragraph at the end of it. So, But we've always quoted that honestly and accurately albeit a little selectively yeah. and you know that's what people do on the back of books and I thought you know this this is attached to everything there's always an element of perception management and I would expect a level of satisfaction as well having that particular part of that person's quote on the back exactly when you read the, the review first you go <gasps> like that and think, oh no and and then and then you think hang on a second there's a perfect quote I get to use that forever and yeah have my own but you know really if I was being smart I would keep that to myself and just have it just be <laughs> laughing on the inside rather than blurting it out. <laughs> You're listening to Breakfast on Joy 94.9 and this morning we've been speaking with author Nick Earls about his latest book, The Fix. If you want to find out what Nick had to say a couple of years ago about his book, The True Story of Butterfish, why not head along to our website? It's joy.org.au forward slash breakfast. That's B-E-K-F-A-S-T. And while you're there, why not click through to our Twitter account or come like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash breakfast and twitter.com forward slash breakfast. Breakfast is on Twitter. Follow her today at B-E-K-F-A-S-T. You're listening to Joy 94.9 and this morning we're speaking with Brisbane author Nick Earls about his latest book, The Fix. Well, um, last time we spoke with you, you had just completed simultaneous writing of the novel and the play, The True Story of Butterfish. So does The Fix have any theatrical connections? It does. Not a play this time, Mm. uh, but a screenplay. Rob Masala, a producer from Perth who is now based in LA, was working on turning 48 Shades of Brown into a movie and did a really nice job of that. Seeing that happen, and I'd also been working on adapting Bachelor Kisses for Channel 9, though that didn't end up being made, and and I'd learned a few things, and I realised I was starting to see this particular story visually, and I thought, maybe this is a film. So I actually wrote it as a film script first, and sent it to Rob, who read it and got on board right away and was keen to produce it, and had some really useful suggestions, most of which were quite small, but one of them, he said, maybe you could take that great chopper shot at the beginning and all that, and can you bookend that with something at the end? And I was answering a a very film-based question, but in answering it and thinking, how am I going to do that? And then thinking, who might that be? And the answer to that gave me a completely new ending to it that I thought was so much more than the ending I had before. And I thought, this is really, this is, I don't often get big endings and I really, I've got a big ending now and, and I don't just want to write this as a film. I want to write the novel and take the novel all the way to this big ending. And it was a great relief when I started talking to people last week about it and a print journalist said to me that when she, when she got to the last page, she heard herself gasp. <laughs> I thought, That's good. That's what I wanted from this last page. 
And so are you going to um, progress the screenplay? I hope so. Uh, I don't want to just, you know, file it away. I mean, I'm glad I've got the novel out of it. If nothing else comes, I should be grateful for that. My film agent in Los Angeles is talking to TV people over there. Uh, which which is a thing that I used to think was really glamorous to say, and she is doing it. Uh, but, of course, it would be wise not to expect anything to happen from that. Uh, if it did, it would be great. But if it ended up happening here and shoot it in Brisbane and at the Gold Coast, I'd, you know, I'd really like that too. Uh, but for now, I've just got to be glad I've got the novel out there. And so is this your way of ensuring that your book become a film, write the film first? And then write the novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it wasn't quite as <laughs> planned as that. But in the end, the film industry, about half the time they make a film, it's adapted from a book. But as kind of the prospectus for the film or TV. And, uh, and I'm happy if film and TV people, people want to look at the novel that way this time you know there's a bit of crime involved uh crime's hot on tv at the moment uh it's not your kind of um slashing razor gang related lots of people get killed crime but there's stuff there so in any book i suspect there's a bit of research that goes along with it and i wonder if one of the things that josh does is he writes blogs so did your blogging experience influence the topics he wrote about Josh, being this blogger, was a great opportunity for me to use a lot of small things that I'd found that that were never going to find another home, like the the photocopier blog that he's written where, just from a newspaper article, it turns out that the busiest month of the year for photocopy repair people is December uh, because that's when people have the office Christmas parties and that's when someone has to photocopy their buttocks. <laughs> uh, and why this is an issue for photocopy repair people is that the breaking strain of the glass is a mere 55 kilos, so it's not going to withstand many of us. Yeah. Uh, and the other trouble is the temperature of the light is 170 degrees, so don't put your flesh too close to that uh, and you know that was a really that was an interesting thing so I thought jo- Josh can follow a surly photocopy repair guy around in December and uh, you know with the, the tinsel still up in the offices and everyone slightly seedy from the night before and this this angry photocopy guy turning up with new glass fixing photocopier after photocopier because of inappropriate acts. <laughs> We're speaking with author Nick Earls about his latest book The Fix on Breakfast on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9 It's breakfast Every Saturday morning from 7 Joy 94.9 You're listening to Joy 94.9 and this morning we're speaking with Brisbane author Nick Earls about his brand new novel The Fix Well, um, a couple of years ago you joked about becoming the author 2.0 So has that, I noticed that that experience with tweeting and Facebooking you've become a bit more familiar with that whole social networking world How did you come up with the names of your characters? Oh, yeah. So that came along. I'd I'd done quite a bit of work on the novel at that stage, and I had sort of names for characters, some of which I was... I, I thought were fine, but some of them were kind of placeholding names and I needed needed a solution there. And there were, there were a few of them. And I thought, maybe I'll... Maybe what I'll do is put the call out on Twitter and Facebook uh, for people to put their names forward uh, for that. And, you know, maybe a couple of dozen people will respond and I'll pick one and I'll name a character after that person. And over the course of a week or so, 500 people responded uh, with a, a... brilliant array of names and I thought why keep it to one I I think I'll see if I can 
name or rename pretty much the whole book. So 20 characters ended up named after people who just put their names in the hat. And I did say at the time, this character might be, say, do, eat, sleep with anything, and that's just how it is. Uh, so if you're game, give me a name. And, uh, and there'll be a kind of pseudo-randomised process. It was pretty pseudo. I sort of batched them against the characters and I'd have a few names for had maybe five for each one and then I, then I would randomly pick one. Uh, and, and I thought, people just aren't going to know what they're going to be. And then I was getting emails a couple of weeks ago from people who were, who were in there who were kind of keen to find out. And uh, one of them emailed me the postcard that she'd just done for Queensland Health. She's a, a hospital doctor, junior hospital doctor, and she's like the face of their new recruiting campaign. And she seems really nice, and she's like, you know, fresh-faced and persuasive. And you'd look at this and go, yes, she looks great. I'd love her to be my doctor, and, and I'd like to be that kind of doctor and all that. And she, so she emailed saying, I wonder if I'm, if I'm a doctor in the book the way I am in real life. And I was thinking, no, stripper. <laughs> so, you know, that's just how it goes. And so why not? And so I have a shared experience with the 479 other people aside from me that didn't get their name in there. Yeah, sorry. I know. I know. I I can't imagine how that happened. Disappointing. It was very tactically very poor on my part. And yet, despite that grievous lapse, here we are (laughs) talking again. So have you you moved from author 2.0 to human 2.0? When we spoke last, you were doing a lot of tweeting and Facebooking and it was really around you know, the book tour. Yes. And so has that moved now into being a little bit of your daily life? Yeah, I think it has. I think it's the kind of thing that does that. If you if you actually get on board, then it's just a thing that's in your mind and that you find yourself doing. And I don't want to turn myself into someone who thinks about it all the time and is and devotes their life to finding the next uh, the next great thing to blow 140 characters on. Um, but while it is always a risk that you might end up forgetting to be a novelist because you're playing around on the internet all the time, um, it's there are, there are good things out of it too. Mm. I tell you what's good for me is that I follow a couple of people that you're clearly friends with and I get to live this little invisible third party to a conversation life. That's the thing I like when you're following two people <laughs> and the two people happen to know each other and you get to actually watch them do that. And no, that is one of the nice yeah. things. Yeah. I feel famous <laughs> watching you and Chrissy Swan or Rebecca Sparrow have a chat. <laughs> Come on, you're in radio. You're, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm super famous. That's it. So aside from the new novel, have there been any other new additions to your life? Any other new additions mm. to life? I have a son. Yeah. That's good. I'll I tell you why I'm asking this question. I have somebody who is very wise who said to me that when Tina Arena had a baby, so previously to having right. children, she thought she was singing. Sure. But it wasn't until after she had a child that she really felt like she'd sung. So I wonder if now you really feel like you've written... Sometimes I like to really feel like I've had a good sleep, and that doesn't always happen. So um, has been a rather different writing year, adjusting to not sleeping terribly well. Um, but I can't say anything quite as dramatic as Tina Arena at the moment. I, I, it's great having him in my life. I love that development in my life. Uh, but I, I also quite like that I've got my little shed in the backyard where I can just go and shut myself away and stare at the wall and write write up the next thing, write on bits of paper. It happens all the time. Yeah. You're listening to Joy 94.9. And this morning on Breakfast, we've been speaking with Brisbane author Nick Earls about his latest book, The Fix.
If you want to know what Nick had to say a couple of years ago when we spoke with him, why not head along to the Joy website? That's joy.org.au and head to my page, which is forward slash Beckfast, B-E-K-F-A-S-T. While you're there, you can connect through to Twitter, you can come and like us on Facebook, and you can listen to all of our previous podcasts. That's joy.org.au forward slash Beckfast. Breakfast on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Joy 94.9 and this morning on Breakfast we've been speaking with Brisbane author Nick Earls about his latest book The Fix. In January in Brisbane we had sort of the worst flood certainly of my lifetime because I was born after 74. So how are you affected by that? We evacuated from our house. Uh, half our street went under. Our house didn't go under but on Tuesday, on the Tuesday of the week of the floods we'd had absolutely massive amounts of rain for the preceding couple of days and it was predicted that we would be getting the same again and that it wasn't going to stop and uh so Annabelle I the premier went on tv and said if the floodwaters reached your property in 1974 and you have young children you should evacuate now and that kind of took the decision out of our hands because we were both those things and the rain happened to stop so it didn't get to our property but at that stage, the prediction was that it would be bigger than 74, so it would have been on our uh, land. So it was an odd experience on a sunny day to evacuate because of a flood that hadn't happened yet. Uh, and the first time we... So we evacuated quite quickly, uh, taking essential items, essential records, um, uh, our sun and a perfectly ripe pineapple and things to... <laughs> oh, look, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know, we'd owned that pineapple for weeks at that stage. I've been waiting for it to be ripe. And I thought, I can't leave that to the floods. I'm going to take the perfectly ripe pineapple and we'll eat it later today. So that was the first trip. And then when we were making the first trip to a friend's house nearby, we thought, okay, we forgot the photos. We forgot, and I'd, I'd taken the tax records. How, you know, it's so sad that that's what your priority is. So then I made another couple of trips, took more stuff, loaded stuff up on the dining table in the house and thought, this flood has to be metres higher than they're predicting for it to be. And then it didn't happen. And we had no power for quite a while. And But, you know, if you're in a street where half the street goes under and you don't, you're one of the lucky people in the end. So it was it was inconvenient for us, but it was a much bigger deal for a whole lot of other people. I have this kind of visual of what your backyard looks like. I have this idea of this shed being sort of at the back of your yard and low. So did you get down there and lift all these bits of paper up? Because you know what happens, paper and water. I know, not a good mix. Spitball, <laughs> uh, bad. Um, uh, and so, I, yeah, I took that stuff. I went to the filing cabinet and I pulled out the drawers and carried the full drawers, which probably weighed about 30 kilos each. But I had this... For my, I mean, that's not a big weight for lots of people, but for me, that's that requires superhuman strength. <laughs> but it was an unusual day, so I could do that. So I just carried them adrenaline. up the adrenaline, carried them up to the house and stacked them on the dining table four metres higher than they were in the shed. And then just had to make a decision about everything else in the shed and thought, I can't move everything. So I'll pick a couple of dozen of the best bottles of wine and leave the rest. And then I got to look through it and thought, and that fax machine from 1994, <laughs> not a priority. Uh, I can probably leave that. And it, was, it looked like an opportunity to write off a lot of old equipment, but in the end it all survived. So there could have been bits of paper in that shed that will sit there for another few years to 
Oh, yeah. Make another story. Um, I know that your priority now will be the tour for the fix, but have you got inklings of what's coming next for you? I've got inklings. Um, the next book will be short stories, and I've had a couple of collections of short stories before, and then I was involved in the War Child fundraising anthologies for a while and wrote a different kind of short story for that, which sort of took me down a different track. But a couple of years ago, I started, I was commissioned to write a couple of short stories and got quite excited about it and uh, uh, then decided I want to do more of this. So that's going to be that's going to be the next book. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming back to see us again, Nick. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've been talking to Nick Earls here. His latest book, The Fix, is available in all good bookshops now. Thanks very much, Bea. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Breakfast is on Twitter. Follow her today at B-E-K-F-A-S-T. Thanks for listening to a Breakfast podcast. Tune in live every Saturday morning from 7 on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.